Two days quickly passed, and on the final evening of June, an impatient Father Pius arrived at the baker's hut with Frau Anka. "'You shall soon not catch the others,' he warned. "'I believe, Wilhelm, that you ought honour thy prior thoughts on this matter, thoughts that serve thee and thine so very well.' He raised an eye, then turned to Karl. "'And you, you whom God has touched with a special heart, know well what is thy duty. Has thy faith failed thee? Has courage fled away? Or perhaps you have lost thy love of God?' "'Woe to thy poor mother!' "'Ya, yeah, boy!' Unka snapped. "'If you've no love for God left, then be out with it. But then say that you've no love for your mamma, for she clings to life waiting for your penance. You, Carl, know more than this doltish brother of yours that God only loves those who obey!' Pius nodded and folded his arms atop his rotund belly. Carl twirled the edges of his tunic and stared at the floor. He cast a quick glance at the steely-eyed Vil, who stormed from the common room and into his mother's bedchamber. Marta had gone from bare to better and to bed again. She was sleeping, but breathing quick, short breaths. Vil stood by her side, staring at the wet cloth in his hand. Suddenly the priest appeared in the room. He said nothing, but leveled his eyes at the boy. Vil stiffened, but held his ground like a cornered fox. Each knew the other's mind, however— and there would be no conflict this day, no parry and thrust of words, no threats or insults, no oaths nor blasphemy. Instead, Vil yielded. He gave his mother a half-teared glance and simply said, We go on the morrow. So, true to his word, Vil rallied his brother and sister before the next day's lords and ordered them about their proper duties in candlelight. He gathered what food as could be carried and laid it along the table. He packed the medicines he took from Lucas in the satchel, though he set most of his mother's herb by her kettle. The lad quietly directed Carl and Maria to bind what they could in their thin quilts and make ready for their journey. Thomas suddenly appeared in the doorway. I wish to go with you. Why? I want to leave this place, said Thomas. Vil eyed the boy's sack and noticed shoes on his feet. How did you come upon those? A uh, pious gave them to me if I'd go. Vil hesitated. Thomas was not trustworthy. Vil quickly reasoned it might be better if the boy was away from the family bakery. Yeah, you may join with us, but at the first trouble you'll be marching alone. Thomas shrugged as Vil walked back to his mother's room with Carl and Maria. The three knelt respectfully at her bedside. It was not an easy moment for any of them, Carl least of all, as they each took a turn kissing her hand. He struggled to hold a torrent of tears at bay, his face contorting and swelling with every passing breath. Maria wrapped her tiny arms round her mother's sweated head and wept openly. Vil tightened his jaw and turned from the room as Anka entered the hut. "'I don't know your game, you old hag,' Vil grumbled with a curled lip, "'but I'm quite sure you've an eye on this house, the bakery, and our half-hide. I warn you, and that rotted old husband of yours, that we'll return. And when we do, you had best not lay a hand on any what's not yours.' Anka, red-faced, answered, and who shall pay the death tax for your miserable mooty? Give the bailiff a hog, and no more. By God, I swear, woman, you had best be on your guard for my return. And know this, too. I've the miller watching how my mother is nursed. I had better have a good report, or may God have mercy on you. Now look here, Vil directed Anka to the herb. Pia says we ought give this to her thrice a day. If she lives, you shall have a quarter of our land at my return." I have forsworn it to Father Albert. Anka grunted. She had been Marta's childhood friend, but had spent most of her years envious and coveting. She picked up the tin and nodded. 
Now leave us. Anka strutted out the door, leaving the baker's family quite alone. Will beckoned Carl and Maria to his side, and the three stood quietly at their doorsill for just another moment. They listened to the crowing cockbirds and the early morning rustle of the village. Each seemed to know that this would be the last morning of things as they had always been. Will adjusted Lucas's worn satchel on his shoulder and secured Ansel's dagger in his belt. Carl clutched his necklace and prayed that the Virgin would spare his mother. Maria smiled and plucked a small wildflower from the ground. They each then whispered their mother, Godspeed, and without ceremony or song, they and Tomas stepped onto the footpaths of Vire. The air was cool and clean, the sun was rising bold and bright. It was then, in the earliest light of the first day of July in the year of grace 1212, that the four began their journey.